but you went out and got a gun and you brought it with you and it was loaded. Mulan Rouge. I literally was just gonna be like, we saw Mulan Rouge. We <laughs> Welcome back to Bothered and Bewildered, a Buffyverse podcast with Frankie, Kate, and Kate. Tonight we are talking about season two, episode 19. I only have eyes for you. I was really looking forward to this one. And I'm, I feel, well, for me, at least I'm like, that was a justified feeling. I I was excited. (laughs) Well, especially after last week that I just was like, I need anything that's not. Contrast of emotions this week compared to last week is like night and day and makes so much more sense with Jenny having been murdered. Like, I was going to say, now that, (laughs) now that we're all like collectively aware of the fact that killed by death was a a scrapped season one. one concept shoehorned in <laughs> between major character death and this <laughs> uh yeah this, this makes a lot of sense i was excited i had mixed feelings no i, I like i was excited and i enjoyed it but there were moments where i was like oh back to the sort of like you could have done better which we get to a lot <laughs> so much better I feel like the average Buffy viewer of this episode like I truly just like did not give a fuck (laughs) (laughs) stuff this time around I was so engrossed in what was happening and also probably because I don't I normally watch these alone and I watched this one with someone so it probably had like normally I'll like stop and I'll go back and I'll think sometimes and this time I just was watching it because I was in a room with another person but uh yeah I felt like I was not doing what we set out here to do. <laughs> it was <just> like <laughs> analysis. I was doing my own, you know, less of the, hey, the teacher's probably a little bit of a pervert uh, of it all. And I was just having fun. No, like Grace, no. I mean, did not deserve to die, but should be in jail. Um, <laughs> James. <laughs> Yeah, jail maybe deserve to die. I'm not sure, but definitely jail. Jail for both of them. <laughs> and jail for all involved. Yeah, it's definitely. I think that I, since becoming not just an adult, but like working with teenagers now in like many in a couple different roles, I just find that I just feel a certain type of fired up witnessing episodes like this. I'm just like protect the children, and like no one yeah. cares, and. As we'll discuss more, I'm sure, as we go through, this is never acknowledged that, you know, teachers shouldn't date a kid. It is just never brought up. Yeah, that Grace was a not a bug. She's not a bug, so it's fine. Not a big deal. Oh, shit. Yeah, this is, like, one example. I mean, I guess at the moment she's kind of a ghost, but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she so should have gone after Xander, actually. <laughs> I said to Kate, I was like, well, I guess we really do never acknowledge the, uh, what's wrong with you know these teachers going after these students I was like because if you remember in teacher's pet the problem was not that Miss French was a, a, an adult woman and Xander was a child it was that right. she was a bug she was and bug. she was trying to kill him <laughs> I guess at least this time it is it acknowledged that she no. no I had I saw no even at the end yeah like, why would she forgive him uh-huh. I'm, I'm sitting here like 
oh, maybe because she manipulated and like mentally abused this kid and probably physically abused this kid. And then well, Giles was just like, love. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, like I had <laughs> I, I believe that either actually loved the other. It's too toxic for that. Too toxic. I was gonna say, I think that's part of why I actually really like that Giles line about, you know, people don't, you know, you don't get forgiven because you deserve it. <laughs> you get it because you need it. Like, sure, maybe he didn't deserve to be forgiven for killing her, but he needed it to move on mm-hmm. as a spirit, as yeah. a child who See, killed yeah. this grown woman that he loved I, or whatever. It's so hard because, like, I know he was a child and he was manipulated and groomed by his teacher, but also I'm looking at this and I'm just seeing domestic violence and a man with a gun killing his girlfriend. And it's just, mm-hmm. and I get it, like, Buffy needed this moment buffy needed this possession to happen with angel because perfect we're not, buffy. it's perfect no like the the concept is actually genius because we're not you know we know we're not going to get this closure this season like they're never going to have a moment to be like hey you know that thing that happened with us like let's digest um so this was really fantastic for that but like just could we have found another way to get there like i don't know in, maybe in, he was driving like, and he was like upset and he got into a car accident like something where he's not premeditated i've got a gun i mean it's not romeo and juliet but it, no. the way that you know what i mean like you know there was no murder <laughs> yeah of each other <laughs> there the was together. double suicide but we have to do the, love yeah yeah, yeah. It we're just doing how many different ways can we do and then we both die at the end. (laughs) (laughs) I have I decided what it it's you know it's not black and white, right? We can see that they both were harmful, but the show was just like that murderer. I'm like, okay, whatever. (laughs) And also like the fact that like I know that there's a reason Buffy identifies with James. But like, you know, we have that whole speech. She's like, you know, like he killed the most, the person he loved the most in this world in a moment of passion. And we're like, right, you've killed Angel's soul in a moment of passion by having sex with him. I'm sorry, but there's a huge difference between <laughs> going out and getting a gun and murdering a woman because she says she doesn't love you anymore versus like, I love you, you love me, we almost died tonight, let's have sex. Like, you cannot put them marry each other. The melodrama of Buffy's <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, but to Kate's point of like, you know, they never have a moment of like, you know, acknowledging that yeah. maybe what happened to him was messed up. I would argue that that's pretty much what the end is, where Buffy's like, he was so sad. It's not so much about, you know, that it was wrong, but it is something to say about, you know, it's a comment on where he would have been at mentally in that situation and not just, you know. Yeah. We, I've I've said many times that it's so easy to be angry when you're 16, 17 years old and you don't know any better. So yeah, who knows? Yeah. We should. And get you're into put it. in a, you know, he was put in a very toxic situation. I mean, not that still don't kill people, but <laughs> again, like, I'm not trying to give her too much credit. Like she did seem like she was trying to do the right thing by ending it and being like this is not right mm-hmm. you're a kid i'm an adult you need to have a childhood but but like angel too late 
too did late. Have, yeah. How did this start? I'm sorry, but what is your life like that you start dating a kid? So what to think about? What is your life? There's no excuse. And I, I, I was thinking about it, and I realized, you know, this was Angel and Buffy. Right. And so at the end of the day, everything is Angel. And we can't sit there and say the teacher was a predator. Because we can't sit there and say Angel's then we have a predator. To say Angel's a predator. <laughs> yeah, like we can't, we can't throw I him mean, into. Are we not saying that? <laughs> but but the no one ever faults the teacher for being creepy and wrong. And, and it's old. only because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. It's probably it also because so... she's been dead for forty years. <laughs> because <laughs> that's too. But yeah, I feel like if we. If we identify Angel with her, we can't be too harsh on her. Or again, how does the show sell us this love story? According to that, then she really truly loved him. Why? Okay. I don't know. This is not criminal minds. (laughs) I don't have this information. Uh, Um, So, anyway. Season two, episode nineteen. I only have eyes for you. Aired on April twenty first, nineteen ninety eight. Sunnydale High is haunted by the ghosts of a former student and teacher who reenact their tragic romance through the bodies of the school's current inhabitants. Another Marty Knox joint. One of her better ones. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, at the bronze, Buffy rejects the advances of Benjamin, who's looking for a date for the Sadie Hawkins dance, which is famously not how a Sadie Hawkins dance works. Right, um, <laughs> which she says she's like oh you know you the one where the girls ask the guys and he's like yeah you should ask me that's not okay not important uh she tells him she's never gonna date anyone ever again i understand uh oh my god check in with giles uh she stops a male student from almost shooting a female student they have no recollection of why they were fighting and the gun disappears later on uh principal snyder blames buffy for the incident shocking uh while waiting in his office after he gets called out. A yearbook from 1955 mysteriously falls off the shelf. Willow gives Giles a rose quartz necklace that she found in Miss Calendar's desk after he stops by to check on Willow's new assignment as interim computer science teacher. What a fun first wow. couple minutes. I have here. so much to say. <laughs> so much to say. I agree. First of all, Buffy in that opening scene with her like gold leather pants. That's a moment. I thought this whole look was such a moment the top the hair yes, everything she eyeliner i'm like can i get those pants i want to be her in that opening sequence <laughs> that's a slay that's a slay bobby um, has so few bad looks in season two true. as opposed to so many other seasons where it's like Ooh, <laughs> girl what's going on here? season three <laughs> um <laughs> it, uh I love it. She just looks so badass. This looks very like pre, like precursor to faith. Like, so good. Um, that was my main. My main. Willow <laughs> encouraging Buffy to get back out there is very oh, funny to me. Yeah, because it, it was just it's like such a callback to like the first episode of her in the bronze and being like, you know, seize the day, just like go do stuff. But I also feel like, again, this is I don't know, maybe because they're in high school or maybe because it's the nineties, whatever. But like. It seems like a lot to be like Buffy. You really need to like get yourself back out there again. 
I think Willow's a lot of it is toxic. She's always been toxic with Buffy's love life. Yeah. Like, I think normalize not always being in a relationship and not always being in pursuit of one every summer? I think it's two things on Willow's perspective. One being that Willow finally has a boyfriend. So mm-hmm. she's like, no, like nice things can happen when there's right. boys involved. Yeah. Like, and I think it's also probably such an overcorrection on Willow's part because she was so in favor of Buffy going after Angel that now she's like, what if, um, do something else? <laughs> not that. <laughs> that we I have not. Solution. We have not seen Oz, right? In like a hot No, he's been around. He's been gone. Um, Was he a passion? I don't think so. I don't think. Famously. We've seen him since. Have we not seen him since before passion? Is no bothered. Bothered. Oh, yeah. He he was in that one. The Buffy rat. (laughs) Which bothered me, which. Whatever it's called. (laughs) Um, That's, yeah. I was also thinking, um, it felt like it's been a while too since we've seen Principal Snyder. Like I kind of forgot about him and his whole like. Mm-hmm. I, was the last time we saw him? I almost want to say. Oh God! Like it's been a while. I am not one to clock Principal Snyder. He hasn't been in an episode since What's My Line Part One. Wow! Seriously. Wait, he's we not in seen phases? in 10 episodes. He's not in phases? Mm-mm. That conversation is from the beginning of the season, I think. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Oh, because Jenny and Giles aren't on good terms. Jenny's not even in phases. <sighs> I'm not going to lie. Principal Snyder, he still cracks me up. I still, <laughs> like, love to hate. Like, I love to hate Principal Snyder. That's crazy I- that we've literally gone 10 episodes without him. And he's such a like a, a threat, you know, at the end. It's fun. It's fun to see like another adult. He's heinous, but it is like fun to see another adult sometimes and, and start to learn more about what he knows. Yeah. I have to go back to Willow for a moment. Okay. And the, the, the Willow and Buffy conversation. It is simply hysterical to me that Buffy now refers to Jenny as a friend since she's been murdered. She's like, oh, well, now yeah. you're just going around killing my friends. No, he he killed your watcher's girlfriend. Like that's who he yeah, killed. Yeah, he killed your like, friend's friend. <laughs> stop pretending you liked her. Like don't do that. I would also like to shout out two uh, lines of dialogue that I found a lot. Well, one alarming, one uh, funny. Uh, <laughs> when Buffy tackles the student who's uh you know possessed by the ghost, and he's like, "What happened?" And she said, "You just went OJ on your girlfriend." Foreign <laughs> line of dialogue um and then like uh, that's so dated and not aging well at all like and then when principal snyder says uh i'm no conspiracy i'm no stranger to conspiracy i saw jfk that's such a timely reference at like in my- <laughs> this is such a good joke yeah i'm like who if would you, you have also voted for in 2016 i know that joke like still hits which is <laughs> sad and funny that's just because yours and my pop culture frame of reference is also the same as probably principles. <laughs> We're just like pulling out the most random shit in our fucking brain. <laughs> oh, Willow teaching that little class. She's just the littlest nugget. I love her. Fucking, she looks so cute up there teaching. <laughs> There's the little list of de- people with detention on the board. Did you notice that the first name on that list is Tara something? I thought that was funny. It's definitely not on purpose, but I was like, that's cute. 
Um, I didn't notice that. I thought it was just so weird, a, a little weird. I mean, she's adorable, and I'm so happy for her, like being a teacher. But like, like what is this? They don't hire a substitute, and she's like real so teacher, cool. teacher. Like, like high school students barely respect the actual authority. Like, you're telling me that they're all sitting there like laughing at Willow's jokes and like taking her seriously. As Willow, who they definitely bullied for the last like 15 right. years of right. her life. <laughs> like, but okay. now she can give them detention, so she has all the power. But very funny to think that they're just, like, using this free child labor instead of hiring an adult. Right? Like, is she getting paid for this? Definitely not. Like, what? Probably, like, not she's not credentialed. So they, can't, they can't put her on the payroll. They're probably like, you they, can have an A in computer science for the rest of the year. They literally you're... needed a reason for Willow to find or get access to the yellow floppy disk. And this was the best they could come up with. <laughs> they couldn't just simply have her go to the classroom later. She right, just had like to fully run like, it. Hey, we're going to go study. Like, why don't we study in Jenny's room? Because it's empty. Because she's dead. And, like, Buff is like, that's really morbid. And Will's like, not really. I've just been kind of going through <laughs> her stuff, you know, you know, just because. And then. And you could still do the necklace thing with Giles. Right. I'm right. having a bit of an emotional week, and that got me real good. <laughs> There's the little he's like, oh, thanks, and when when he's like, "Wow, it seems like you're doing, or you know, you're doing a good job, or whatever," and she's like, "Oh, well, I had good lesson plans," and he's like, "Yeah, you know, she she was really thorough, or whatever." Like he can't just like openly talk about what he actually thinks of her one because he's you know British and repressed, and two because <laughs> Will is a child, and he has no adult friends. <laughs> His only adult friend sad. is dead. <laughs> He'll like never really get an adult friend again. And I mean, so they all choice ish. He's see each other like twice. All his adult Christmas. friends he talks to like twice. He's gonna talk to Wesley like twice and he doesn't even like him. Not Spike friends. is an adult <laughs> that he has to see. Anya's a thousand Spike's years actually old. actually a little too old for Giles. <laughs> Giles and Anya should have been friends. They should have. They should have been. Yeah. Yeah, they said that tabula rasa had a point. You know what? You're I can't. You they put it out there. The writers put it out there. You're a thousand year old problem. demon. You're gonna go for Giles. You're yeah. not gonna go for Xander. I don't care if you're in the body of an eighteen year old girl. You are gonna go for Giles. You're a thousand mm-hmm. years old. So, in class later that day, Buffy falls asleep and dreams about events that uh, took place in the same classroom. But in 1955, a male student and a female teacher are having an affair. And stand in the classroom, you know, clandestinely fucking meeting and talking. Uh, as Buffy comes back to the present, her teacher writes something from the lesson on the board. As he finishes writing, it becomes clear that he has unintentionally written, don't walk away from me, bitch, which is something that she heard the student who was holding the gun say before she stopped him. Uh, afterwards, Xander is grabbed by a monster arm inside his locker. Uh, Buffy helps him break away, but the arm disappears uh, when they return to look. Before we move to the next part, uh, <laughs> I thought it was funny that when Buffy like comes out of her little dream because they're talking about the New Deal and all the different you know New Deal programs, the first thing that she hears is child labor right after we watched Willow teach the computer. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was funny. You know what? Also, Buffy is a child labor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor gal. I will never get over the fact that the fucking council does not pay their slayers. Like, and she doesn't even get like a stipend for rent. Like, like how, <laughs> how? And like, you know, when we get to Faith and Faith's just like roughing it in like the shadiest motel of all time. 
do you want the slayers to like fight the vampires or are you like literally trying to like get them killed off as quickly as possible like seriously the the book that she gave him is clearly a farewell to arms right Hemingway where the the guy falls in love with his like old nurse his like much older nurse or I read it once I don't remember and then she dies because he's he, she says Hemingway. Like, like, never will oh, I, I did <laughs> I was a little literary snob in high school briefly and uh my like bookshelf over here is just like all like, classic books I bought when I was like 16 is <laughs> embarrassing and now I read like the people we meet on vacation <laughs> so good <laughs> I loved that book but, um, <laughs> but um yeah that book is about um uh, he's like a soldier I think I read it so long ago he's a soldier and he is, it's a nurse and she's uh like a lot older than him and they fall in love and it's like weird and then she dies and he blames himself for it Um, which is why they i'm assuming that's why the dialogue gets cut off when she's like oh it's about a man that falls in love with his and i'm like oh it's it's a farewell to arms and then um, obviously then it would have given away that was clever that was was very joss whedon i read a lot of books uh, yeah (laughs) writing but very snob (laughs) joss whedon says me who figured that out in the middle of the scene um i thought that the special effects on the arm in xander's locker were heinous yes (laughs) so bad (laughs) they they end up doing some pretty cool things um but we started out pretty cheap it's It's so random too like why Mm -hmm. that arm in xander's locker and that's it snakes i don't know eventually it gets spookier and it was giving like direct to vhs haunting of hill house you know but that was kind of good not giving but i enjoyed this i enjoyed this much spookier episode of buffy overall um versus needed it yeah it was fun haunting we don't do a lot yeah, I was gonna say it was dark, but it had like the little bits of horror movie as opposed mm-hmm. to just, like, we're watching something really upsetting, <laughs> like passion. Um, so in the library, Giles is intrigued by the possibility of a ghost and is immediately sure that it's Jenny. Uh, but Willow, Xander, and Buffy are a little bit less sure. Uh, meanwhile, Angel Spike and Drusilla have taken up residence in a mansion, my favorite season two set. Uh, oh, and it's Angel a good one. Passes the time taunting Spike and flirting with Drusilla. Spike rolls away in his wheelchair, obviously, really pissed off. Let's talk about this in the library real quick. I wish that the ghost was Jenny, and that makes me sad, but that would be yeah. that's an episode for another day. Well, Giles makes me he's so sad. He just wants it to be Jenny so bad to like think that she's still somewhere, even though he we know he has no reason to believe that it's Jenny. Yeah, I mean, he knows too much. His like quick little explanation of you know she died under tragic circumstances in the school, and the way he's like, it, well, it's funny when Xander's like, oh well, it seemed really mad, and Giles like, well, you're right because that's normally what a poltergeist would be. They show up and they're really confused as to why they're still here because they don't know and uh then they just keep getting angrier and they lash out and Xander's like oh wait I I got something right uh yeah but that makes me sad uh Giles wants it to be her so bad 
and that makes me upset. Uh, wheelchair Spike, he's back. He's back. This is also the Angelus that I like. Like when he gets to do all the little like silly lines about being horny and stupid, and I'm just like, yes, that's what <laughs> and- you're here for. <laughs> Angelus has a fun side. Okay, stop <laughs> I, killing. I thought David Boyanus was doing some nice acting in this episode. He actually was. This is one of his better. Uh... Like he has to. He's fun, Angelus, and he also got to be like very emotional angel. Like I'm all for it. Well, I guess he was being. He- grace not angel but still i saw the imdb trivia that i just choose to trust blindly said that joss whedon has said that this episode was the episode where he decided angel needed his own show huh so I david Morales was giving he was acting so hard i he can see that first time that day. especially considering we sort of do this again on angel Yes, we will get and possessed waiting by in the wing. another time. My favorite, popular opinion, that is my favorite episode of Angel. But... I love these freaks. I will always love these three. Absolutely. <laughs> They're dynamic. But I do love, like, as we're going to develop Spike in these next, I don't know if he's in Go Fish, but at least in Becoming Part 1 and 2. Um, I love the idea that they're making him sympathetic to us already because we're like starting to kind of feel bad for him because he's just bullied all the time. And I think it's a very funny way for the writers to kind of get us on his side without being like blatantly obvious about it. It's very funny. That man is just obliterated by Angel in every single episode. I do like Drusilla's red clothes face. I know yeah. I've said this before. She's Much like... better than the nightgowns. Well. <laughs> I think was and her hair, her hair. She's got this like really intricate like braid thing happening, like almost like a crown, like half her I'm, hair up. I I always think about her hair when it's all like done up because I'm like, your crazy ass is sitting. First of all, how can you see? You can't look in the mirror. How is your hair so like? I bet Spike I, braids her. I was about to say, <laughs> I choose to believe Spike has like learned how Spike, to do her hair. Spike I love the shit that we make. Kind of braid that exists ever. He's researched. He like yeah. he kidnapped a hairdresser, forced her to teach him, and then ate her. Yeah, a hundred percent. Except my first thought was like maybe Drusilla like got some girl who knows how to do braids and you know compelled her to do that and then ate her. But Spike Spike one hundred percent knows <laughs> yeah. how to do it. She's like doing the fucking thing, and it's just like teach me how to braid my hair. It was pretty funny. <laughs> cool. So later that night, uh, the janitor whose name is George. Uh, runs into Miss Frank, another teacher in the hallway as she's leaving uh, after working late. Mistake number one. Uh, she asks him if George <laughs> is his correct name, making it clear that the two are barely acquainted. Uh, a moment later, the two begin a lover's quarrel, each of them obviously possessed by a spirit when the spirit causes Miss Frank to say that she doesn't love him. A gun appears in George's hand. That was wild special effects that his hand was just like <laughs> in trigger position. <laughs> He shoots her and then she falls uh, over the balcony of the school. Giles, who's reading in his office, uh, hears a woman's voice off camera saying, I need you. Obviously, he thinks it might be Jenny's ghost, so he goes to investigate. He's too late to prevent the killing, but he tackles George just as the gun vanishes. Um, What is going on with the female teachers of Sunnydale High where they're like, you know what? I'll continue to do work late into the dark. Yeah. Like, was uh, one of your colleagues not just murdered here after dark? 
Like a week also, ago, two weeks ago. <laughs> like, why is Giles and the gang like? You know what we should do? Hang out in public at night when we know Angelus is looking for us at all times and can get in. And this is where he literally murdered one of us. Dumb. Go home, Giles. Go take your books when it's four p.m. and still bright out. Take your books and then drive home and then close your door and then read them in your house. <laughs> the way he says her name when he thinks that it's her and he starts walking through the hallway. Get the fuck out of here! I'm so, so I've read so many different like fan fiction reiterations of this episode and none of them are ever as devastating as the real thing (laughs) hearing this man say jenny and then he like goes to look for her and obviously like him being distracted by that means he's not gonna bust through the store and like save this woman from being murdered (laughs) but uh wild like what are these ghost powers that they are like creating actual ammunition i don't know but i accept it's for the plot. <laughs> so later on, the group is discussing the event in the library. Uh, Giles is convinced that Jenny's haunting the school, but Willow, Xander, and Buffy disagree with him. On the internet, uh, Willow learns that in 1955, Sunnydale High School student James Stanley killed his teacher, Grace Newman, on the eve of the Sadie Hawkins dance after she tried to break off their affair. Willow and Xander feel sorry for both of them, but Buffy is particularly angry at the boy, insisting that while Grace deserves sympathy, James does not. Xander comments that the quality of mercy is not above me, which is true. So, (laughs) well, she doesn't Uh, need to be in this moment. (laughs) I just think it's always funny that she's very, you know, we we spend 40 minutes of every episode with Buffy being like, and this issue is black and white. And then we have to have a a thing happen. And then Buffy's like, actually, it wasn't. (laughs) And we're all like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Every time. Doesn't matter what's going on every time. <laughs> mm-hmm. She just has to be like, "This is very simple, and I've made my decision as to who, who is correct, and I'm I, no one can convince me otherwise." And at the and end, Giles like, yeah. is like, "But what if it's okay?" And she's like, "You're right, thank you." <laughs> I love that. Uh, another real sad line here when they're like, "Oh, Giles is usually like the big research from every angles guy," and. uh was it willow or buffy i already don't remember which one of them says uh he misses her he can't think oh sad very upsetting uh so yeah this gets into a bit of what we were already talking about of like well whose side are we on in this whole thing i mean in short the answer is no one but (laughs) maybe she shouldn't have been murdered i don't she she should not have been yeah she shouldn't have been murdered i don't know is the if she was never a predator in the first place none of this would have happened i hate joss whedon for making my brain do this at the end of at the end of the day obviously this is buffy and angel right we know that everybody knows it It doesn't even take like one minute of media literacy to be like oh we've heard this before right like uh obviously angel never should have entered into a relationship with buffy that's just 100 percent true he's yeah. not only is he a million years old and she's a child like he has a position of authority over her in a way like add into the whole discussion the fact that like he's the vampire and she's the slayer like grace is the teacher he's the student she's an adult he's 17 or 16 or whatever like there's 
so many reasons why all of these things are just like they shouldn't happen but obviously they did like that's the part we have to acknowledge then it's like okay cool they shouldn't have happened but then they did so now we have to reap the consequences of what happened right so nobody's right yeah like she never should have done it in the first place and pursued it and whatever and he shouldn't have killed her cool we did, we did it but also it's big, bad, it's bad big f's all around <laughs> failure all around jail like like you said at the beginning jail for everything jail, jail for, for all involved <laughs> <laughs> like did grace deserve to be killed no is james an asshole for being a toxic male and deciding that well the first woman who doesn't want to be with you deserves to die yeah but was he a victim and was he groomed yes but uh, like as much as we want to be like fuck Joss Whedon for making us think this way like this is is good it's like well, I, know, I just I just really wish that this had just not involved him so blatantly like domestic violence and murdering her like if I mean it because it, it had to have easily have happened I mean they would have had to rework this a little bit for the um the scenes with the other people but like easily he could have been like yelling at her you know just so distraught and upset and she's like you know because she like basically backs up into like that balcony and like she falls off of it he could have just gotten so close to her that she went ah and like fell mm-hmm. on her own like i just i could have just pushed her i think the gun I mean, makes it particularly it makes it so premeditated yeah that's what it is like it, it's it was obviously a moment of passion he obviously i don't think meant to kill her but like but you went out and got a gun, so mm-hmm. and you brought it with you, and it Given was loaded. Moulin Rouge. I literally was just gonna be like, "We saw Moulin Rouge." We. Christian <laughs> was just gonna be like, "You know what? Never mind. I'll kill myself." And we'll guy. we'll never know if that wasn't what the Bro. initial intention he was here, because it's what he does pulled, anyway. He definitely accidentally pulled the trigger. Yeah, but I think if it wasn't a gun, we wouldn't be so like triggered into thinking. I think that's what it is. It's it's so hard. the The optics of this in 2023 are so hard to look at. Like, I understand the original intention of the story, and I've never looked at it this way before. But I don't know. I've seen too much at this point. In (laughs) Angel, in Angel, we sat there and went, "Darling, these guns. That's crazy. It's gonna be so long until we see guns again." And then we were incredibly incorrect, and we are constantly having to talk about guns so often. Um, I do want to say on in the spirit of well, he it didn't have to be a gun. Like he didn't have to shoot her. I think if we're all just supposed to, you know, then obviously connect this to becoming part two. Mm-hmm. It has to be a weapon. It has to be in- intentional, even if you didn't want to do it. Like He shot her because he he intended to inflict some sort of violence in that moment, whether it was on her or on himself. Um, he felt like he had to do it because he, there was no other option like there's there's i feel like it has to be exactly this violent because we're gonna watch buffy stab angel the stomach in like three episodes it's it's tough like it's yeah. hard to watch yeah yeah if it wasn't as purposeful it wouldn't have made sense for the metaphor that's what i but, yeah yeah no i mean as far as the metaphor goes it's perfect it's absolutely perfect it's just there's i just am having so it's much icky. trouble yeah it's it the optics feel so gross to me at this point and i just can't i can't get over it 
even though I understand artistically, I do, like, I get it, but. Maybe the real question is why isn't it a female student and the male teacher? Is that because, because it's we supposed to be the element of surprise at the end? Well, and I think yeah. too, because I think if we see like, cause it's again, like this is what we were talking about back in teacher's pet. Like if the genders are reversed, you know, like it's a little too horrifying because we understand that a little too much. And we see that that happens more frequently. And mm-hmm. like, you know, like the end of the episode, teacher's pet would have been like horrifying, um, you know, versus like, oh, ha ha, Xander was almost like essayed by his teacher and it's funny, you know, it's played for mm-hmm. laughs because he's a, he's a boy. So of course, like, so, I mean, in a way it's almost like, because this James is a boy, like, how could he be a victim? Like, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure in 1998, they did not see it that way. Like, I mean, maybe, I'm, I don't know. Cause Grace is also there saying like, you know, like you deserve to have a normal life. Like, <sighs> like, is it, is it, it the age or is it just that she's the teacher and everyone's going to talk bad and like, whatever but yeah like I you're mean, saying it's very much like well he's the boy he's right so like if he it. probably pursued her like he's i mean the whole time like you see him touch her first you see him go after her you see you know she's not doing anything and you know but that doesn't make her blameless we're because, also yeah catching them at what is clearly the tail end of their right <laughs> yeah we don't really know what went down so but but again just like we have this tendency to look at this and be like oh of course he's the pursuer he's the guy and of course he wants her because he's the guy and guys can't not want you know they want whatever's in front of them i think even i think even a more simplistic means of like why is it that james is a boy and she's a woman is like it has to be a surprise in a way a surprise because by the end that Jeez. yeah because you expect you expect that um at the end when you're like buffy's in there by herself and then you see angel going you're like oh fuck like angel's gonna kill buffy but then it's reversed and you're like oh that's mm-hmm. how this works so i mean it does throw you off guard mm-hmm. but yeah it would it, i'm sure it would bring us back to if it's a girl that's inappropriate and we would have looked at it differently i mean you know, in Teacher's Pet, we talked about the real life instances of mm-hmm. adult women going after kids, uh, boys, and no one caring. And so it's very much that. Like, I don't think we're supposed to even see it as bad in that way. Just unhealthy, because Angel and Buffy are, on, are a mess. It's messy, but I don't think we're supposed to see it as anything more than just, like, complicated. Yeah. So, or something. Snake. Is that where we're at? Yeah, we're at the Xander, Cordelia, Willow, and Buffy all go to the school cafeteria for lunch, where uh, chaos erupts when the food turns into snakes. I fucking hate snakes. So I (laughs) forgot about snakes and I was not into this. Uh, The room empties quickly and Cordelia is bitten on the face by a snake. Outside, uh, Principal Snyder discusses the situation with the police chief. Uh, Snyder reveals his knowledge of the Hellmouth and expresses concern that he won't be able to keep the parents in the dark indefinitely. Uh, Police Chief Monroe tells him that the city council expects Snyder to handle the situation and suggests that he should take it up with the mayor. If that is difficult, Snyder is taken aback and says he will handle it. Um, This is a little, uh, a nice little uh, 
let's plant the seeds that Man. how long we'll be able to keep the parents in the dark one um to the mayor we've never talked about him before now we know they have mm-hmm. a mayor it's important very cool did not remember the setup i also remember nothing of season three to be completely honest and so um i think it's so cool that like the police they're they're all like in on because of course how is because of course why would no one notice why would no one notice that there are vampires and a hell mouth so i do think it's a very cool thing to think about that like there are people in the know and they are sort of trying to keep it under wraps and having to kind of do what buffy does every day and explain it away and kind of keep the chaos away I think we already suspend so much disbelief that any of this is going on in the first place that it would then be pretty hard to be like, and every single grown up in this town is none the wiser to what's happening <laughs> at all. They've never seen anything. They don't acknowledge anything. Like, no, somebody has to know what's happening and, you know, sort of keep it under wraps because Buffy hasn't always lived in Sunnydale, but there's always been a helmet off here. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate the plot thickening in terms of Snyder. <laughs> I like the yeah, I like the seed plant. It it feels a lot more seed planty now than like mm-hmm. when we were at this point in like season one. Because yeah. season one is so self-contained that yeah. there is so little setup for like season two that now obviously having seen the rest of the show, you get all these little mentions of like Snyder knows what's going on and the mayor expects him to handle it and whatever and now obviously it's like oh of course like all of these things were there and I wasn't paying attention to them because they felt like whatever I hate snakes I was not into the whole scene I get it whatever they're scary uh I I totally forgot Cordelia got bitten in the fucking face wild um I always think it's an interesting choice when they do something. They're like, okay, this is, she's supposed to be like the pretty vain person or whatever, which is why it's cool to have the, the snake bites and the whole thing in the mirror later on. But uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that. I didn't like that. You guys like didn't like actual real things about this episode. And I'm like, and there were snakes and I was afraid. <laughs> so... Will devises a plan to contain the spirits and they head off to the school where they prepare. Giles has already arrived. He's got his own plan. Yeah, he's trying to summon Jenny's spirit. This whole thing is so sad. Uh, Buffy hears music coming from the music room and sees Grace and James dancing there. James's face suddenly changes uh, to a gory mess. Freaks Buffy the hell out. Uh, Cordelia looks in the mirror to find her face has become mutilated in red uh, right around where the snake bit her and then that whole side of her face on the stairwell. Willow begins to sink into the floor and Giles rushes to save her. Willow finally convinces him that the spirit isn't Jenny because she would never do such evil things to all of them. Uh, Everyone lights their candle and starts to chant the spell, but the candles blow out and a swarm of wasps follow them through the hallways. Uh, Everyone rushes out to find the school surrounded by wasps. Um, You could definitely tell which little special effects things cost more money than the other things. That (laughs) hole in the floor was horrendous (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it did make me sad that whole scene made me so sad that it distracted from the visual (laughs) i think i forgot 
that like Giles saves her and then they have that conversation that when she first started to like go through the thing I was like what is this get out of there this is stupid but uh, I like that little part where um Willow runs into Giles and they have this like little acknowledgement that they're doing the same thing and he's like okay well when I make contact like you're not gonna want to be over here because something might happen and she's like okay whatever <laughs> like don't believe his like sad ass about anything he says in this episode he's just a sad man i like that yeah he's just like casually sad off to the side for like five episodes that's like giles's whole thing we're like well he's a little sad so he's a little distracted right now uh the the special effects on the cordelia thing i thought were cool like mm-hmm. i was just saying um, I thought Buffy watched them dance for a very extended period of time. I was like, yeah. girl, get it together. <laughs> You've got a job to do. <laughs> are we supposed to believe she's sort of already being I sucked in by uh, them? I mean, I feel like she's been kind of sucked in and possessed since Snyder's office. Yeah. Right now, after no, I no, no, but when she, oh, the first when she was in class. No, the, the the first the opening sequence, like oh, the first right. couple. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. now that I'm saying that, I'm like, she probably was already sort of in the yeah. thrall of the whole thing. But yeah, Willow and Giles on the steps, fucking devastating. Just that one line of acknowledgement of like, cool, it's not her. Well, that's really sad. Like, oh okay, she's dead for oh, real. She's gone. <laughs> yep. Yeah. R.I.P. Jenny. Don't worry, we'll only mention you like three more times ever in the whole show. <laughs> well, <laughs> aside from when she like kind of comes back. <laughs> yeah, that's, I was going to say, it's like that. <laughs> that's oh, it. that was the only, oh man. That's right. all I can come up with. But see, I keep, we keep saying things and then we're wrong. So maybe I'll be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like, oh, we'll ne- we half- don't see. Yeah, half as many times as guns did and it'll still be a good amount. <laughs> it would be. So, in the garden of their new mansion, uh, Drusilla gets a vision about Buffy meeting with death. Uh, Spike goads Angel into actually facing Buffy instead of just taunting her, and Angel decides to finally go and confront her, but not before making it clear to Spike that he intends to have his way with Drusilla once he's completed his mission. Uh, The Scoobies... The Scoobies regroup at Buffy's house. Uh, They agree that it's James's ghost, and Giles says that the next step is to find out what the ghost James needs to accomplish. Uh, Buffy is the one who understands that he wants forgiveness, but she maintains that he doesn't deserve it and needs to live with what he did. Giles and Xander think that he should be forgiven whether he deserves it or not. Buffy's unmoved, uh, stomps off to the kitchen. Cordelia asks, over-identify much? Indicating that, obviously, she understands (laughs) everything that Buffy just said about James is actually directed at herself. Cordelia is very smart. (laughs) Yeah, Cordelia is no fool. Cordelia's like, no, Buffy just hates herself right now, and someone needs to go help her. Is this, like, her second call-out, like, like, totally on-point call-out, like, two weeks in a row? Because we also had in, um, Killed by Death, she was like, so Buffy, like, is sick and feels helpless and made up a monster that she can go fight, (laughs) like. She's just, this is her her whole gig. She just says Mm -hmm. the, the thing that, it's like, in case you actually didn't get what was going on, we're gonna make the dumb girl say it. So now you feel better. And now you get it. Like that's right. what Cordelia's. Although <laughs> to be honest, I did not pick up on that the first time I watched this because I was just like watching this as a girl, like you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, like you're like, 
yeah, your your stupid boyfriend convinced you he loved you and slept with you and then he like left you the next day. Like, fuck you, Angel. And it's like, oh, right, because of Buffy's actions, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like Buffy blames herself. Right. She doesn't think this guy deserves any sympathy because she Right, she doesn't feel any sympathy for herself. Yeah. 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 No, she just slept with a man. No one knew. Everybody. Can someone go remind Buffy that, like, I know. The, even no Jenny, whose job was to be there for this reason, didn't know. Like, yeah. Can somebody go remind this poor girl that she did not, like, suck the soul out of anything wrong? I know. Like, and we're supposed to, you know, we're going to get that very obvious, not that we haven't already gotten it, comparison between her and Darla. And it's like, you know, Darla was a vampire who was like, I'm going to murder you and turn you into one. <laughs> yeah. Darla did it on purpose. <laughs> right. Buffy was mm-hmm. just like, I love you and I want to show you that I love you. <laughs> but it's the same where it's like, well, if Angel just had gone away, <laughs> Angel should have just, sorry, Liam um, should have never left his house. <laughs> Angel should have just gotten on the boat and fucked off and nothing would have ever happened. He should is have this... gotten a job, been a useful member of society. This is down. if Darla had just died of syphilis, <laughs> he would not be here right now. Oh my god. And so to pivot from syphilis briefly, uh, the line of dialogue that I was referencing uh, when Giles says, uh, you know, because Buffy's saying, you know, he has to live with what he did. Meanwhile, what is he going to live with? He's dead. Uh, (laughs) To forgive is an act of compassion. It's not because people deserve it. It's because they need it. Um, I really, I love that. Like, what a good... It's it's another one of those things that like sometimes Giles drops these little things that become these like through lines throughout the rest of the show. Like every time we come back to all of these people who wrong Buffy or anybody else, it's like generally we don't forgive them because what they did like ends up being okay. It's because that person needs it and we all sort of need it for healing or whatever. Um I did so sad. I did think the line on forgiveness was really interesting because I feel like it, it's very different from how we think of forgiveness now and sort of being like you forgive someone for your own like healing and doesn't necessarily mean you're telling them that you forgive them but it's more like you yourself it can help you let go yeah whereas it's sort of the other way around where it's like it's something you can give a person which I feel like is something we've very much moved away from in terms of like trauma healing, I don't know. I think it depends on the situation. I was watching. I, I for whatever reason, this made me think of a YouTube video I watched the other day. Like a <laughs> fucking like, like they were influ- They're influencers, and they used to date, and they watched like an old video together because they're still friends. And the one who broke up with the other one was crying because she was like, "I hate that I did that." to you like I hate that I made you feel that way and the other one was like why well, forgive you like it's okay now like it's fine and she said thank you and I'm like oh yeah that's like exactly what it is like she might not feel that like she might not think oh well what you did is okay right. but I forgive me because you need it and that's like in a way I think it sort of still goes hand in hand like what you're saying of like we've moved away from this but I don't know if we have because it's sort of like giving that person what they need is sort of that last bit of letting go of like okay well you can just have this and now we don't have to do this 
bad part yeah, in the middle it, anymore. I'm sure it's very dependent on, like, is it a means of closure? Now, obviously, he killed a woman, so maybe she didn't mean to do that. But in sort of a, yeah, a situation of, like, a breakup, a closure, to sort of go out of your way to, to give that to that person. But I did find it very interesting because you hear a lot of the opposite on like you know the mental health tiktok of it all which can be the worst place ever but sometimes can be nice and sort of think of forgiveness as more like if i can forgive someone even just for myself i can move on you know and have empathy and all of that and it doesn't necessarily need to involve the other person so just thought that was interesting forgiveness i think i was gonna say i think that then is sort of like this is very much about like giving forgiveness and not like ha- like forgiveness as a concept of like I forgive them for what they did to me but this is the act of telling someone that you forgive them you know what I mean like and mm-hmm. this sort of to me I had this is all a rational thought in my brain and I don't know how to say it out loud which is I'm getting so annoyed but like where you're sort of saying hate that it's like no one like it's sort of we spend most of the episode looking at James as this villain that committed murder which he did but for him to be forgiven by the person that he killed is sort of almost like her acknowledgement that she made him that way Mm -hmm. I think you know I don't know I struggle to decide if that's what the show did or if it is the classic we are reading deeply into it choosing what to sing right sure I'm not sure I don't know because sometimes they're so on the nose that when they're not I'm like is it me or is it you and I don't know what to decide I this this one could be a healthy mix of both because this one's actually good or at least like well done it is it's a good episode, but what were you doing? <laughs> it, it's actually like well done. And it's not like mm-hmm. all these other silly ones where we're like, oh, we could have done without three of these scenes. Or oh, this part is like really offensive, or like things right. like this is actually Yeah. I wonder yeah. though if they could have used Cordelia speaking the truth to be like, oh but this lady was gross why would you want to date a little boy I don't need I should like Cordelia barely wants to date a high school boy now we can't do that so because it's a very funny cheeky line for her to like throw in but Cordelia doesn't think like that because give I was her literally just her gonna season. say <laughs> she's gonna go after Wesley who's gonna go after her just by Giles being like she is 18 like well, by the time that it happens, I did how I feel about the relationships in season three yet. Okay, we're not there yet, and I don't remember them, so <laughs> let's not. <laughs> I was gonna say, by the time Giles goes, for God's sakes, man, she's eighteen. It's because he wants Wesley to shut the fuck up about her and just do something, and he's just gonna keep bitching. So he's just sort of Giles like, is like it's legal, man. <laughs> it's mostly just like stop talking to me about it. I think by that point, because Giles is just like still sad. <laughs> of consent like 17 in england i don't know uh, what yeah i don't know what like the california law i wasn't are. there that long <laughs> no like i'm pretty sure that it's like it's actually like a year younger in in england and you know joss like went to boardings because i always thought it was interesting that like buffy like has sex on her 17th birthday like yeah what was that right so like 
Like, was that like his like thinking? It's like, 16. it's legal. It's sixteen. Yeah. So, the age of consent in California is eighteen, but that's now. I don't know. No, and Romeo I, and Juliet laws would not apply to a two hundred and forty-one year old vampire. Let me tell you, so. <laughs> but I'm not sure when it was enacted. We well, like we allow child marriage in the United States, so like there's no point in even trying to consider like what the age of consent is. We're a disaster. All right. I don't know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> in her kitchen. Buffy hears a man's voice saying, I need you, finds a flyer for the 1955 Sadie Hawkins dance in her jacket pocket. She heads back to the school where the wasps part for her to enter. I did actually mean to say the wasp special effects, throw them in the trash. Just, you, sh- you should have come up with anything else. Give, give, give it a breath. <laughs> that was bad. Um, Willow finds Buffy gone, uh, having left the ad behind in her place, uh, and everyone rushes to the school after Buffy, but the wasps obviously prevent them from entering. Giles explains that James wants to reenact the incident, but with a different ending, and they agree that it's not possible to have another ending, and they fear that Buffy will be shot. Um, Before we move along, I love when someone says something really upsetting, and Giles just goes, yes. Like, when they're like, well, Buffy's gonna, you know everything's gonna be bad and Bobby's gonna die and he's just like yes yeah. <laughs> I think that's so funny um let me, let me look up what I what I texted you Kate while I was watching this oh what is the happy ending between a pervert and a child is what I yelled at the television <laughs> so there isn't one those are my thoughts <laughs> yeah um so anyway yeah. they will appear they laid it on thick this episode. Yeah. Angel appears in the halls as Buffy, now possessed by James, talks to him as if he were Grace. They continue the ghost argument with Angel possessed by Grace's spirit, though it takes a, a second. Uh, the two lovers uh, speaking lines relevant to both couples. At the climax, Buffy pulls out a gun and shoots Angel. He falls off the balcony as though he were dead. Buffy, still possessed by James's ghost, uh, rushes off to the music room where James killed himself. Angel, still possessed by Grace, is not killed by the bullets, obviously, because uh, vampires are not killed by regular old bullets in, you know, magic little guns. Uh, he wakes up and runs to the music room just in time to stop Buffy from pulling the trigger. Uh, Grace tells James that uh, she never stopped loving him, that she knows that it was an accident, that the gun went off, and that it wasn't his fault. She says she loved him with her last breath. They exchange apologies. They kiss passionately. Uh, the spirits, now able to pass on, leave Buffy and Angel's bodies, uh, who then break away from the kiss. Buffy says, Angel, but he pushes her away and rushes off. This scene is devastating. Yes. Incredible. It's Amazing. the type of thing that the show always does where you're really mad and you're creeped out and you're whatever, and then they give you this like brilliance and you're like, okay, whatever. I don't care anymore. Show me more. <laughs> we're also like because we've been all heartbroken you know over angel turning and like so like i just remember like how the first time i saw this how hungry i was you know to like see angel and buffy kissing again it was like oh my god this is everything like yeah i I do want to a little bit christopher gorham you've gone on to have a great career you can act good job 
but he was not giving the way Sarah Michelle was giving when they're looking in the mirror and they're flipping back and forth I'm like Sarah Michelle Geller is giving like the face yes and Christopher Gorham is just kind of standing there because she has the face like she's yeah. an expressive young woman like, that woman was pulling out all stuff and at certain points when they flipped back I was like this man not pulling out all the stops he was fresh probably to the acting scene and I he got there one day but that was not the day and so sometimes she's giving was like Sarah Michelle like, she's giving I grew up in soap opera acting and he's giving I'm very new to this all yeah which- he's giving like I'm gonna be in like 10 episodes of Felicity in like a year or two and I am I am fresh I'm yeah new. she she like acted alongside fucking susan lucci for years who's a queen of who's on the same soap opera for 41 years like yeah she she knows what she's doing in the facial department (laughs) and she still does go ahead queen. great and very funny right we will we've we've been continuously just having like angel and jealous thwarted by just spells and so it was a little bit funny when he kind of wakes up out of it and just runs away. <laughs> he was like, I feel so violated. It was very, it, very funny. That was a very um, funny way for him to cope with that, but beautifully done. And like you're saying, we needed that sort of, um, it, it, it gives us a breakup moment for them because we didn't really have one. Right. Like it just... Yeah, they, we really, they needed to have this conversation and like kind of like almost like a goodbye kiss, you know? Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, what a kiss. Yeah. Seriously, souls were entering... are so good at kissing each other. Yeah, souls were entering heaven. I <laughs> <laughs> a new universe was formed from that kiss. Like, Ghost Whisperer could never. Like... I, um, I did want to say I love the throw to Giles and company waiting on the sidewalk when they hear the gunshot when they like Mm because they don't know what happened I think that's such a good that's such a nice touch because obviously we're now through this whole like you know clearly James is in Buffy and not an angel and uh like we know but like Mm -hmm. they they, uh they have to have their little moment of not knowing this which is crazy because they're so helpless and it it, i feel like there aren't many times that we have we we always just see these like sort of two minute fight scenes that kind of end the episode everybody's just wailing on everybody else and so to have this moment where everyone else is just utterly helpless to do anything for buffy very striking yeah because it also is sort of going against like what we keep being told is that she's different because she's a slayer with friends and mm-hmm. that's what's helping her survive and this is one time where it doesn't actually work for her but there's still this such a unique situation that does let her survive yeah that poor poor james in that he got real lucky this one time that a vampire walked into the school because otherwise he would have been doing this every sadie hawkins stands till the end of time where was he last year I, I yeah I don't know. Not I don't happened the year like, before. 
I don't think they explain like why suddenly the magic just really hit different this year. Was he like but... holding it in all this time and then he was like, wait, there's this girl and this vampire and if I can get them to act this out for me, we can get closure. <laughs> yeah, he was like, wow, vampires won't be killed by bullets, but very, um, yeah, not again. Flat. Don't think about the lore too hard because it's also like, why did he have the power to make snakes? We can't think about any of that too hard. <laughs> that's, that's, um, Giles was explaining about like poltergeists and just like that they just start getting angrier and weird things mm-hmm. start happening. And when it's- contact is made, which is sort of what's happening when these people are like being possessed by them, mm-hmm. that like these weird phenomena are going to keep happening. Yeah, sadly, because it's very monster of the week we will never we sometimes don't repeat what could be very cool things again because it is what we solved we know how to get rid of ghosts now so we don't need to do it again we know how to get rid of this type of demons we don't you know and so we could have really it would have been cool to continue to explore ghosts they have to be somewhere but i don't I can't off the top of my head, except for a couple times in Angel, remember uh, um, to be ghosts. Conversations, conversations with dead people count, or is that more the first? Some they of it's ghosts, really ghosts, and some of it's the first. No, he's a the one guy's a vampire, and then is the rest of it the first? Because we've got Cassie, but it's not. <sighs> that episode. Yeah, so I weird. thought they were like the first, <laughs> but being little premonitions. Cassie pretending to be Tara, but all, or, or sorry, it's the first pretending, first pretending to be Cassie, Cassie pretending to be pretending Tara. To be Tara. Pr- sorry, or, or speaking Tara. for yes, Tara. Talking to Tara. What the fuck ever? That episode <laughs> so good. So Buffy talks with Giles in his office, processing all the recent events. Uh, she doesn't really understand why Grace would forgive James, but she says it doesn't matter. Um, at his mansion, Angel scrubs at his body, saying he was violated by being infested with love. He then gets the urge for a real vile kill to cleanse himself. Drusilla invites Spike out as well, but Diesel makes it clear that Spike is not welcome, claiming they need to travel light since it's not long before sunrise. After they leave, Spike stands up, kicks the chair aside, revealing that he has fully healed from his spinal injury and has been feigning weakness, waiting for his chance to strike back. Kate's already clapping. My man. (laughs) My man. My fucking man. Also, the kicking, so bad. So poor. I thought it was it so like funny. like he was tripping over it. Like, it was funny, but it wasn't cool. He hasn't but, stood. <laughs> but very, so he was the most, like, melodramatic with the music. He's standing up. Very funny. Very <laughs> Angel was also, like, peak ableist, which was bad and a little funny, but also terrible. So when he said nah, he was worse in that other episode when he was like, We'll call you if we need a good parking spot or whatever it is that he says. I'm like, you don't know. Well he called him like he called him like special needs boy or something. Roller boy. Oh boy. Rolling, rolling on. Yeah. Wow. Very funny. Like it's a little bit fun. Their dynamic is is very funny to me because Angelus acts like he's very above spike but also if you feel the need to constantly tear him down in really superficial ways then obviously you're not that confident so just saying it's just a pissing match their whole dynamic is like whose dick is bigger but they're not going to pull them out and show each other like that's the whole thing that's Mm -hmm. their whole game um 
let's talk real quick about this Buffy and Giles scene because I love these every time they have their little talk I will say that my brother who was watching this episode with me was like those are the tiniest tank top straps I have ever seen I thought (laughs) that too (laughs) how is that staying on her I wouldn't let him like finish he he didn't want to finish his thought because he was like I actually did watch the show and this is always how they dress so he's like (laughs) yes he was what we did talk about through this was how absolutely sex up this woman was in this episode um she had a split up to like the top of the thigh which like she looked amazing but I the whole time I'm thinking like I couldn't dress like that as a junior in high school Schools, the clothes, I couldn't even wear like leggings for a while at school. <laughs> the clothes were giving. They weren't. Uh, they weren't necessarily giving like third period Spanish, but they were giving. <laughs> they were giving. They were giving something else. They were giving like the bronze as an adult woman. I think. Yeah, but uh, I the way that Buffy uh, is starting to understand. Well, she's like, I guess you know, it didn't occur to me that James would have picked me. But when she has that moment where she says to Giles, like, he was so sad. I'm like, yeah, dude. And you're really sad. Yeah. About this whole thing that you think that you did. Like, of course he picked you, bro. I, again, I just, I, one of the things I love the most about season two is how many of these Buffy and Giles little conversations we get to have. Because they're nice. And it just says one of the better dynamics in the whole thing because Buffy does Buffy can't have these conversations with her mom or or Willow or Xander because they don't understand and, and Giles might not understand but he's at least you know lived a little bit of life <laughs> and he can uh you know allegedly impart some sort of wisdom not so much here he didn't have a lot to say but yeah this was like still the most sad. like toned down Giles dad speech he's just like yeah whatever they're fine now he's, he's like morning. okay <laughs> they're, they've moved on yeah he, uh... so I was like just like let's wrap this up like Spike's gotta go reveal he's not paralyzed anymore like let's just get it done <sighs> what healed him the Spike? fact that he's a vampire <laughs> yeah like, I, yeah like, like did but, Spike like, snap his spinal cord like why was Spike maybe. paralyzed at right. all we, like because it's just why why did Drusilla need a whole spell in the blood of her sire under a full moon but like Spike was just just needed a couple weeks to get back on his feet I why wouldn't Angel have just staked him why wouldn't he have just bit like rolled him out into the sun or something like, like if he was so annoyed very funny I'm pretty sure Drusilla would be so pissed uh-huh. at him <laughs> But I think Angel, <laughs> Angel is only going to be happy if he can one-up him in front of his face. Like, I don't think he, he needs the, the person there to, like, yeah. yeah. I don't think he'd him. have any joy. And I don't think Drusilla would forgive him. But I also think that he would find no joy. And, like, how many friends do you have as a vampire, to be honest? Even if you don't really like him, like, he's there and he's your bud. And, also, like, Angel, Angel cannot handle Drusilla. Like, he likes to play with her and you know but like if she's in one of her like moods spike is the one that has to deal with her and i think angel knows this and he needs spike for this exact reason yeah i feel like i wonder and we'll eventually see them on angel like all together and we get to see a fun side of angel on angel but um it is i do feel like a little part of 
Angel is just like doesn't really care about Drusilla. Darla's gone. Mm-hmm. He wants to piss off Spike, and this is the way to do it. I don't know if he really like has a thing for Drusilla or not. He well, he had an obsession with her when she was alive. But like, he's just horny. Yeah, like, is he just horny? I don't think he, because also like he's very disgusted by love, and like they very much right. have love for each other. It was very funny when he's like, "This is disgusting," and Drusilla's like, "Poor Angel," but like she does not care. She's like, <laughs> "I too feel love." <laughs> well, I think she, I think she says it more like, "Poor Angel," like that must have been horrible for you, you know. Where like <laughs> if it were Spike, he'd be like whatever he'd be rolling with it he'd be like that was kind of nice let's go like (laughs) (sighs) this episode is cool just in how many little seeds get dropped in this episode alone like Mm -hmm. from the top like willow talking to giles about like all of the witchcraft stuff that she found on jenny's computer like that's you know that will be important Mm -hmm. from here on out um you know, this is the first time we've talked about the mayor. Um, we'll do the, you know, lover spirits thing again on Angel. They'll, Buffy killing Angel is here. Literally, we watched it. Ha- I mean, he didn't die, but like, we watched it happen. Like, there's just so many, li- oh, uh, Angel, when he's possessed, telling Buffy that um, he has to leave her so she can have a normal life we'll see this happen almost in those exact <laughs> words and phrases again like it all is this episode alone has so many little things that it's like oh well we will see this like nine thousand more times and it all kind of comes back to right here i think that's cool the show's really good at that <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and we finally get to see it like i i'd imagine around this time they must have started to know they were doing well and could start to plant those seeds where, as we were saying in season one, they did not. They clearly thought they would never get renewed. They left so many of those like, dun, 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 like, right. well, what will happen? Eggs in the closet. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, clearly they- the trophy. <laughs> yeah, clearly they were like, if we get canceled, we get canceled. Whereas here, they're ready to like put the effort in and, and drop those hints. Isn't there a line in this episode about nuking the school too? Like, fuck, yes. it's all there. Yeah, <laughs> Xander wants to nuke the school. Can it's I just say, as, a, as an other side note, uh, after, so the woman, the one teacher got shot and like fell off the balcony. By the time we had to see that again, I did laugh. <laughs> there was something kind of funny about the way that it was shot for her to be like, whoop, take down. It did crack me up a little bit. It took me out for a second. It, it's but, just because of the way it was shot. It was like goofy. It, it was very just like, woo! <laughs> You're like Wiley Coyote going down the cliff. <laughs> it did crack me up. Oh, that took me out. There are a couple moments of like, as we talked about with some other special effects in this episode that like took you out for a second. That was That was one for me. Because we did it. If you would like to stay engaged with us, you can follow us on all social media at BBBuffyPod. You can also chat with us in our pod club on the Fable app. Just check our links in the description. And if you enjoyed this, 
recommend it to a friend who thinks that I Only Have Eyes For You should be ranked way higher than episode 45 on the BuzzFeed list of best episodes. It's Vox. <laughs> oh, it's a Vox list? It's a Vox list. All right. I won't so credible. Buzzfeed. BuzzFeed, I'm sorry. <laughs> Vox, how dare you? Where'd they come up with that? 